Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church uh, in Aurora, Colorado, a Denver suburb. Uh, we are on stay-at-home orders from the governor of Colorado. As I know many of you listening in around the country are on stay-at-home orders uh, from your government, and we are complying to the best of our ability as believers and finding creative ways to minister the gospel. Isn't that amazing uh, that God has allowed certain things to take place, and now we're the church is being creative and innovative. I know I read a, a statistic yesterday that over fourteen thousand uh, new uh, signups came for a church online platform. Um, fourteen thousand churches that weren't broadcasting before are now online. Fourteen thousand—that's a lot. Um, however, it's under the backdrop of a very difficult situation as our government. Uh, even today, reading the the grim numbers of of expectations of of lives lost, and I put this question out yesterday. I didn't get uh, many people commenting on it, and it's okay if uh, if you don't. But uh, there there's talk today about um, minimizing. Actually, we did get some comment on it yesterday. I apologize, uh, but the the idea of saving the economy at the expense of a certain group of people. Um, the the simplistic view of that is just let people die. Uh, and let it let it take its course so that we can get the economy going again. And the dialogue about the quality of life has come up uh, in relationship to this. And having had to walk down this path of the quality of life with my son and how easy it is to demean quality of life uh, or how easy it is to demean and devalue life with a, a subjective view of quality um, it really goes against the scriptures. Um, the scriptures doesn't don't don't give us a line. We don't know how God's going to use a young man in a coma. We don't know how God is going to use a young woman uh, who has lost a limb, or has a mental defect, or a broken brain, or on and on the list goes. That at what who's the one that who's the person that makes the decision? That's that's a valuable. Uh, thought I, I I don't think the quality of life is is a proper discussion. I don't I don't actually like that discussion at all. It's it it, it takes a human life, someone that's fully alive, and devalues their life so that it can justify bad decisions. And then everybody says, "Oh, you know, it's a some you got to do it. You got no, 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 no." So maybe that's a thought to you. 303-690-3000. Kelly jumped on the lines right away uh, in Fort Collins, Colorado. Kelly, welcome to the program. Kelly, are you with us? Oh, Kelly hung up. 
She asked the question, is the coronavirus, like other pestilences in the Bible brought about by God's people forgetting about him and not taking him seriously and praying? She heard Dave Love preaching about coronavirus on last Thursday's Abiding in the Word. Um, Is the coronavirus, like other pestilences or even plagues in the Bible, brought about by God's people forgetting about him um, and not taking him seriously and praying? Well, that's that's a very difficult uh, question to answer because we don't know the mind of God. Uh, we certainly know that God has used plagues uh, to get man's attention. We know that God's going to use plagues in the last days during the Great Tribulation period in Revelation. Um, we know we definitely know that plagues are a way that God seeks to get our attention. Um, that wants us to, rem- to wants to remind us remind us of His presence. I don't know what was taught. On that particular teaching, you'll have to talk to that pastor about that. Uh, I don't know what he was teaching, um, but I don't believe uh, that the this particular plague is a judgment of God. I think uh, the Bible says that every unbeliever lives under the judgment of God already. Uh, they live under uh, the 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 wrath of God already, and then later at a later date they will experience a very conscious wrath of God. Certainly, we know the Bible teaches us that, that God uses pestilences and plagues um, we also, we, as judgment, but we also know that God uses them to warn and to shake people and nations to get their attention and to draw them into a right and healthy relationship with Him. Uh, and we know that the Lord in His loving kindness definitely promised to be a gracious and forgiving God to the nation of Israel, and He was in, in the New Covenant, has poured out all His wrath upon the upon Jesus Christ on the cross. And and so the fact that this is <clears throat> this is the um significant testing time in our lives, we can certainly um wake up uh for those of us that have been slumbering. Uh we can wake up for those of us that need to repent. Uh we can wake up. I think of Ezra's prayer. I think of Nehemiah's prayer. I think of Daniel's prayer life where they repented for the sins of their country and they repented for the sins of of the world, you know, of their own, you know, really the the essence of the the reality of the call to humble ourselves and to pray is never more real than it is right now. And and so could God be getting our attention through this? I hope so. If he doesn't get your attention through this crisis, I wonder what it would take. And a call to prayer is very essential. And a call to prayer is very important. And a call to prayer is God's will for his church. And, and so we're not calling prayer meetings, are we? Because we can't. I mean, I guess we could if we break the stay-at-home orders. We're calling believers to pray because you're the church. And the church for so long has been so building-centric, so institutional in in our thinking. It's like, well, you need to do this, Pastor. Actually, you need to do it because it's on your heart. And you you need to call for this, Pastor. No, actually, you need to do it. And, and you need to now, and, and I'm a believer and you're a believer. And, and so together we do what God leads us to do by his Holy Spirit. It's a very exciting time. And 
how careful we need to be to associate the Old Testament, Old Covenant relationship with God's people, with the New Covenant. And remember, we, not, we have to look back at the Old Testament with New Covenant eyes. And we're not the nation of Israel. We're the church, the blood-bought church of Jesus Christ that has such a tremendous privilege. We don't have to go through man anymore. We now, when we pray, we come directly related, directly into the presence of God. And we can go right into the throne room of grace. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Uh, all lines are wide open today. Uh, and, you know, it's a little different, right? Because people aren't in the cars as much. And and so the the reality of of how you listen or whether you're listening, there's a lot of competition uh, for attention from Netflix to Amazon Prime to local television to news to Fox News to <clears throat> other music stations. And then there's Christian radio teaching uh, that we primarily have people listening on, in their cars. Uh, but I see a lot of people tune in from around the country, Italy, South Africa, Vancouver, British Columbia, welcome you guys uh, on this April 1st. And our our governor is called for a stay-at-home order till the 30th, as well as a, a kid stay back from school till the 30th. And it's a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, but let me ask you this. Does your heart break for the projection of lost lives? Um, at the uh, conservative number is 100,000. <clears> a more ambitious, or that's an ambitious number, but a more general number is 250,000 lives uh, over this virus. Um, and regardless of the different uh, differing opinions on it, these are still lives. Let's just say that every life has two people connected to it, sometimes four, sometimes six. I mean, obviously with friends and coworkers and things, let's just say 20 people are connected to it, connected to each life. And this is a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and a lot of difficulty. And it's hard. 303-690-3000. Gabriel is in Fort Collins. Gabriel, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Um, hey. Yeah, I just wanted to make a prayer request. Okay. Uh, yeah, just uh, a couple days ago, my roommate, he just got furloughed. Um, and so he wasn't able to make uh, make the month's rent. And so I offered to kind of pay, like, pay for it. And, yeah, it's, it's been it's been interesting um yeah because because my roommate he's uh he's not a believer yes so i've been kind of like uh i've been kind of like really really patient with that and um Good. especially right now it's really like i feel just like so blessed just like by god just because it's like because i just so happen to work in construction and that's an essential job and yes. like the amount of money that um that we had to pay for rent i kind of just so happened to have just enough and um yeah i mean right now um i don't have much money anymore <laughs> and yeah it's, i'm just kind of you know just kind of like putting just all my faith in, into god and uh, you know just kind of trying to be as patient as i can 
kind of uh, trying to leave my Bible on the coffee table that he might he might look into it, but um, kind of just wanted to call just for uh, some prayer and some encouragement. Let's do that. Let's do that. Well, Father, I pray for my friend Gabriel as he uh, is using the resources that you've given to him. First of all, we thank you for his job, uh, that they're still working, that there's still an open door for this particular um, business to be deemed essential and important and in a place where he can continue to work. So we're thankful for that. And just thinking of the the value of work in the scriptures, uh, we work for we work in order to honor God with our resources. We work to honor our family and take care of our needs, but we also work to help others. And you've opened this door for Gabriel, a big temptation to not to help, but to force a situation that would be very difficult. But instead, he uses his last bit of money uh, to pay rent for his buddy and for his roommate. So I pray that it would be received and it would be accepted and seen in the light that it is, a gift from God through Gabriel. And I pray, God, that you would... This is the first month, and we know another month is coming. And and part of it is very challenging, uh, but it's going to get more challenging. And and I pray, God, through the, the difficulties and the challenges, you would lead and guide and give direction and show Gabriel what you're doing in his life and how you're forming and fashioning him into the image of Jesus Christ. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thanks a lot. So, I think it's a, you know, you, you mentioned encouragement, you know, as I'm listening to you, it's very encouraging that you would put yourself in the same place as your roommate, um, helping him, you know, sacrificially helping him, and being not only a, you know, you've probably helped uh, you've probably communicated with him a lot, uh, but now that communication is changed. Now you're communicating him not only in words, but in actions. And and you've given him a place to stay for another month. And that's commendable. And may the Lord reward you and encourage you through it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the that's the number one thing I'm kind of hoping for. Just to just to be a good a good example. Just be a good representative. I don't know. I, like I remember uh, when I was talking to him, it's, it, it kind of it kind of reminds me of myself in a way, you know, because it's just uh, like I remember when we were talking. I was like, oh yeah, like here, you know, like here's um, you know, like I like I want I want to give this to you, and you don't have to pay me back. You don't have to give me anything. Uh, you know, like you don't you don't have to deserve it. You don't have to do anything because you know because he was trying to you know, like, make up with something to, in order to pay me back. And I was like, hey, you know, don't sweat it. And it wasn't until later that I was thinking, it's just like, you know, that's kind of what, like, Jesus Christ kind of did, huh? He kind of, like, gave us that extra, <laughs> like, bit of time. And, you know, and, like, and, like and that's the number one thing I'm kind of praying for, is just, you know, like, I guess being patient with those, uh, with those around me that maybe, yes. you know, and because, because I, because I think a lot of that, you know, that that I can be really, um, like, much the same way to Jesus Christ. And, you know, like, in the amount of times that maybe, like, I, that, in the amount of times that maybe I I let him down. And, you know, and that I didn't use, use my time wisely or, you know, and I don't know. It, it just kind of just gives me new perspective of just what my life exactly is. And it's like what my life is, it's, 
you know, it was given to me. In the time I have, it was given to me by Jesus Christ. And, yes. You know, and so, yeah. That's real good. Know, I just, yeah. No, it, don't underestimate. You know, you may not see it's. Remember, the Bible describes uh, the gospel as like sowing seeds, and sowing seeds, um, you don't see the result of it right away. And this is encouraging. Thanks for sharing that. I hope others people listening in are encouraged. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Uh, thank okay, you so bro. much, Pastor. Yeah. Okay, Gabriel. Bye bye. 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. I got a text question. What are my thoughts on Brown in Florida? Uh, you are referring to Rodney Howard Brown, uh, who was cur- was recently arrested for, I'm not entirely sure what they charged him with, but I do know that he was holding services. Uh, and it seems like Florida just came out with a stay-at-home order today. So it was probably something about the limited amount of people that can gather. And and like I said, some people, um, I even watched people flip-flop on this, where in the beginning of this, there were people that uh, said, yeah, this is a constitutional, they can't tell us not to meet. I'm not a, I'm a pastor, I'm not a hireling, so we're going to gather. And like the implication was that everyone that wasn't meeting is a hireling and a bad pastor now. And then they flip-flop. And then they go, oh, no, no, now we're not going to meet either. And 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 it's just a real challenging time. But I, I think that Rodney Howard Brown had to make a decision between him and the Lord. And uh, I don't agree with that decision, but he also, he answers to the Lord. And he's going to have to answer to the Lord and the testimony. You know, when you do things like that, you don't preach to the unbeliever. You preach to the to the believers. You preach to the choir. When you do, when you do... You're you're not really taking a stand against the government. Um, you're you're really taking a stand. I don't even know what the the go, I don't know what the point was. Um, and most likely the charges will be dropped. You know, lawyers will get involved and the charges will be dropped. It was the government maybe wanting to make a statement and Rodney Howard Brown wanting to make a statement. But from an early stage, we took the position and we 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 were a week ahead of everyone really having online services. We took a lot of flack for that. Um, and directly and most of it indirectly. Um, but now that we're, I, I've never been this guy that could always see super ahead, but I could see this coming. And the, the reason that we chose to use online as a way to serve temporarily is because of the flock, is to protect the flock and to honor the fact that when large groups of people come together, this virus spreads pretty rapidly. And even if you tell them to greet this way and greet that way and don't hug, uh, it, it, it's going to be very natural, not even on purpose, that people are going to hug, that there's going to be coughing. I mean, you can listen to Bible studies. People cough. Uh, you don't even have to be sick to cough. You can. I mean, right now I have a little <clears throat> in my throat while I'm talking, just because I'm talking. Um, but I, I think that with this with this guy, and I saw another one today, had a gathering of 1,500 um you know, it's, it's, I don't know that it's the best testimony uh, in, for Christendom. Christendom. Um, I do recognize that there are lines to be drawn, and I'm grateful that I'm not in this guy's shoes. It's not my problem. Um, if I was arrested, then I guess I'd have to answer to that. But I think that 
when here last Wednesday, we in Colorado, we received a general order from the governor. It was the beginning of the stay-at-home order, and it, it seemed to be put out a little quickly, and two big parts were missing, churches and schools. And we had already set up our, we have, a, we have both, obviously, and a radio station, federally fund, uh, not a federally funded, but a federally licensed radio station. So we have three essential uh, businesses, if you will, or what they call businesses, but entities. And we have, uh, we, there was no word on whether we could come in and live stream. Uh, and as a matter of fact, from the order, the implication was its silence de- did not, because it was silent, it didn't define churches as essential. Uh, and I remember having, I, I had a rough Wednesday night just wrestling with this, balancing the the need of of safety and 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 carefulness with well, wait a minute like now they're not even giving us access to our buildings but liquor stores were open and marijuana stores were open and i have to say last week i made a decision that that was if if they didn't amend which they ended up amending because it was a mistake an oversight but if they didn't end up amending that, I would have gone in and encouraged my team to come in and provide live services um, in our facility to help bring some regularity and some comfort to our congregation to the best of our ability. So I can appreciate um, the idea of taking a stand. I think we're all going to have to take stands in our lives, and I can appreciate it. But quite frankly, Back to the question, what do I think of Rodney Howard Brown in Florida? Uh, I have a bigger problem with his false teaching. Uh, and he's, you know, he's the one that invite, invented the laughing in the spirit, barking like dogs, roaring like lions. It all came from his church. And I, I wholeheartedly have a bigger problem. Well, I mean, yeah, I have a bigger problem with this theology because um, his bad theology uh, is, is not getting people to the real Jesus. Uh, and t- fleecing the flock. And so I've got bigger problems with that. But um, I would not want to um, put people at risk by, you know, for us, that, it, that means thousands of people would gather at our church, thousands. And, you know, that we don't, we don't want to do that. Um, and that was our, that was our decision. And, and I can disagree without being disagreeable, but that guy, um, <clears throat> he, he has bigger problems with this theology. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions and your text messages. 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. And we are uh, taking your calls. And we got all lines open. And by the way, your the text line is also now our brand new 24-hour prayer line. So you can use this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week to text. Don't leave a message. <clears throat> We're not answering the phone. We are receiving text messages at this number, 720-336-0897 for your prayer requests. And I'm praying over them and then passing them over to our prayer team here because our, our radio station is, is a part of our church. 
So we're all interconnected here. And if you would like to, or you just, you're out in the middle of the night somewhere, or you're, you can text us a prayer request. Of course, we turn the, turn the line on for our broadcast so you can get a question answered there. But really, it's now 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can pray and we'll pray for you. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, Do you have any questions directly related to the pandemic? Do you have a Bible question you've been wanting to know? Um, do you want to share with us what your church is doing? Uh, you want to share with us what you learned in your church last week? Uh, do you want to give us an insight of the challenges that you're having homeschooling your kids, uh, being in the same home? Uh, do you want to share any challenges about your marriage? Uh, obviously, to to help others, not necessarily for counseling as much as what a strain it's been if you both have been home and you've been working. Um, uh, how have you how have you been accommodating one another? Um, what is it that you have been doing? How is it that you have made changes to? Uh, <clears throat> what is it that you can um, share with with us to give us insight? Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. I got a follow up text. Can you send something that proves Brown's theology? Uh, just buy the book Christianity in Crisis, and uh, Hank Hanegraaff. Although I don't agree with all his theology, he hit a grand slam with Christianity in crisis. And all those guys that he mentioned are still on TV today. Um, you know, we see Kenneth Copeland screaming at the, at the, uh, at the, um, uh, the camera yesterday. You know, I call coronavirus. Uh, I call you to disappear. I, I command a vaccine right now. Uh, it didn't happen. So when, it, who's going to call these guys false prophets? Who's going to, who's going to call them out and stop following them? I mean, it was, it was comical. It, it, I mean, if it wasn't so sad, it was comical, um, you know. And what about this with all of these faith teachers? Uh, wh- why are faith teachers uh, afraid of the virus? Um, why do why are faith teachers that if any churches should be open? I guess I would give some some semblance of regularity or consistency with Rodney Howard Brown because he he was open, but I don't think he was open uh, because he doesn't believe people will get sick. Uh, he was open to defy an order, um, but like where the, all these faith teachers um, in in their congregations, they're they're closed because of the sickness. Um, but I thought they they could heal everybody, and I know that's a simplistic view, but like seriously, be consistent and stop giving these guys money. So you want more information on his theology? Um, purchase the book Christianity in Crisis by Hank Hanegraaff. Um, it'll give you more than enough uh, information from their own lips. Um, and I, during the oh, no, I was going to do it during the break, but I think I have an electronic version of it. Let me see if I can pull up an electronic version. Uh, let me see here if I can and see if I can find the if I can find the yeah, I can't. I don't see my maybe it's a Kindle version. I thought I had an electronic version of his book and see if I could find you the chapter on it. Uh, but he's a typical uh, health and wealth guy, prosperity teacher. Um, and no, I, mean, I, 
thought for sure I had an electronic version. Sorry, 303-690-3000. We're going to be coming up on our hard break here in 60 seconds. So when we get back, we'll take Dwight. Um, we'll take Dwight uh, and talk about the mark of the beast. That's a big topic right now. Uh, and, you know, the, I read an article this morning uh, with the the new influence that Bill Gates has and his emphasis to do a biomedical chip. Um, interesting. So stick around. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. And already half the show is gone. While you hear the music, remember we have service tonight online. We have service tonight online, 7 o'clock Mountain Time, studying the book of Daniel, the 70 weeks of Daniel. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back, everyone, to our program today. My name is Ed Taylor. Shout out to everyone on Hope FM, everyone on Truth FM, of course, here on Grace FM and all the stations across the country that are affiliated with precious churches that carry our program. We're grateful for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, You guys that are listening to this can call in as well, even though it originates from Colorado, uh, and you hear this program a week uh, late or delayed while the program's on you can call and what happens is is you'll get you'll come on live everyone on grace fm and online will hear the question live and then you can listen on your local station next week same time same day and hear yourself on the radio which is kind of cool um so call us let me give you a couple things before i jump back onto the phone lines number one for those of you that continue to have opportunity to have an increase in your income, I want to encourage you not to stop giving. Uh, And of course, I say that as a pastor of a church, but I also say that standing alongside of you as a believer, um, that the Bible does not speak of us setting aside our giving um, and our tithes and offerings, honoring God with our increase. And I know that raises a lot of questions, but I, I want you to know that if your heart is set toward honoring God, he will lead you on how to make those decisions. And I know there's a lot of advice out there. Take care of this first, take care of that first, take care of this first, take care of that first. But if you don't take care of your relationship with the Lord first, you're going to lose it all. So honor the Lord, if you can, with your giving. Just from behind the scenes, I don't know our numbers yet. Uh, I haven't seen them yet, so I'm not talking my experience but I'm guessing, but my friends, the churches I'm affiliated with, have seen their giving go down 50, that's, I said, five zero and above percent, 50%. And there are a lot of undergirding um, infrastructure of a church all the way around, staff, facilities, um, bills, just like you have bills, the church has bills. And so collectively, uh, I just want to speak on behalf of other pastors I just want to speak on behalf of other churches. Um, honor the Lord with the first fruits of your increase. And I know it's hard. Uh, and I and again, I think God was very clear 
that it was the first fruits of your increase. <clears throat> so that if you're having to go to savings, uh, you've already tithed. Um, and, and yet, don't lose your generous heart. When you're shopping, think not only for yourself, but get something for others. I know we haven't organized anything yet, but I know other churches have organized food collections and distributing. It's, it's very difficult right now because of the, of the restrictions, but just praying through how we can be effective, how we can help. I know some churches are doing things already. And, uh, there's a, a community of Grace in Aurora, which is around the corner from us, is coordinating because they're in Centennial with the city of Centennial and doing something there. And and so who knows what the Lord will lead us to, but um, don't forget to give. And I know churches have online giving. Uh, you can put things in the mail. Um, you know, I, I, I know that God is faithful and he'll take care of us and let, let's respond and not lose a generous heart. And then secondly, we are uh, having service tonight. So join us. We're back on. Uh, we're teaching through the book of Daniel, uh, and we're looking at the 70 weeks of Daniel, which is kind of cool, which kind of lines up with our um, with our next question in a minute um, about the mark of the beast, and because there's a predictable pattern of things happening in, in order. So uh, 7 o'clock tonight. Let's go right to Aurora. Uh, line one is Dwight. Dwight, welcome to the program. <clears throat> hey. Ed, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good, brother. Hey, I concur with you 100%. I really think it's a, a testimony of your faith to always uh, continue to give to the Lord no matter what. And I think I would rather, I, w- I would, I would give to the Lord before I would give to anything else. Because he's what's keeping it all alive and keeping it all, you know, <clears throat> working in the first place. And I think by honoring him, you know, with your tithes and not just your tithes and offerings, but with your with your life, I believe God will take care of you, just like He said He would in Psalms ninety one. So, anyway, I wanted to bring up the question because I've been asked this uh, more than once about this mark of the beast, the uh, the biochip, and um, I had a chance to listen to a tape thirty years ago. 25, 30 years ago, by the guy who had actually invented this thing. And the government hired him, and he was just inventing it, first of all, for the paraplegics, who basically couldn't move because the electrical impulse from the brain to the arm or foot or whatever was broken. Anyway, it was success, and then the government turned him around to make what he did now. His name was, uh, oh gosh, I want to say it was Chuck Weavers. No, it wasn't Weavers. Uh, Weathers or Weavers. And this guy, basically, you know, he invented this chip, and then he became a born-again Christian. He realized he had fulfilled revelations. So anyway, besides all that, I wanted to ask, if a person like this, people on the military base that's been experimenting, uh, being a cashless society, having these military people receive this chip, now, they didn't receive the chip to identify with the Antichrist. And so... If they have a chip in them, that's not going to uh, uh, cost them their salvation, correct? Correct. I believe that the, the mark of the beast is directly related, and it will not come as a surprise to anyone. It will be a conscious, spiritual choice to take the mark after the Antichrist is revealed. The Antichrist is the author of the mark, according to Revelation 13, uh, and... You know, that's where looking at 
how the end times un, unfold, the 70 weeks of Daniel, that last seven-year period, needs to have commenced. And that, that tribulation period where the Antichrist rises to power, we know that the mark is directly related to his authority. So the, the reality of chips today is certainly a scary endeavor. It's definitely along the lines of what the Bible says will come. Um, but the implanted chips and those types of things, um, they do not give you the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast cannot exist without the beast or the Antichrist demanding that you take it. Uh, and it will be a conscious choice because the believer can say, I don't want it and suffer the consequence. So taking the mark of the beast will not be involuntary. Uh, and it will. The, it's, it's called the mark of the beast for a reason. Uh, it doesn't exist without the beast. That makes very much sense. Absolutely. <clears throat> it shows that your allegiance, if you do take it, right? Yeah, it's actually, a, it, it does have ramifications in a one-world government. It has ramifications not being able to buy or sell, uh, for sure. But the reality of, of its existence is it's a spiritual decision. Uh, it is something that's done to um, to bring about allegiance and loyalty, even if it's like, well, I just want to feed my family. I'll do whatever I, you know, somebody's saying, I'm going to choose my family uh, and I'll just take my chances with the beast. I don't really believe it. I'll take the mark. Well, it's a conscious choice to align yourself with the new system. It's a conscious choice to say, I know what the Bible says, but I reject what the Bible says and take this beast. So uh, take this mark, I should say. It, it's it's more, even though it does have a practical um, piece to it, it is more spiritual than anything. It it seems to me like the mark will sneak up on on won't sneak up on anyone. It will be taken willingly or refused strongly. And that day you'll either be a follower, a tribulation saint trusting in Jesus, or you'll have the mark and participate in the economy of the world. Okay, one last question. Actually, I've got two. I heard you talking about Hank Hanagram. That yes. guy, I used to listen to him to a show and I quit listening to him because he did. He does not believe in the rapture. How can right. you not believe in the rapture? I mean, well, he did. Right I know he did for many years. He's now a uh, he's now a part of the Greek Orthodox Church. He has uh, turned his back on evangelicalism and um, everything that uh, he once believed has been shifted. Now he's uh, in the Greek Orthodox Church. He's actually um, I didn't get an update recently, but he's fighting cancer, a real aggressive cancer. Uh, in his life, but he became he. I believe that dabbling in. Uh, I never got a chance to talk to him. Um, I wish I would have. He's a fascinatingly genius of a man. Um, I did get to visit CRI once, but he wasn't there. At any rate, he was. He he did advocate in a small way the pre-tribulational view of the rapture or the coming of the Lord. But if you listen carefully in those old days, he wasn't completely... He, he Whenever he would talk eschatology, he would always... Well, not always, but many times would mention his dad and his upbringing. And, you know, he was... Uh, he, I think he was brought up in the Presbyterian Church, and so he has a Reformed amillennial view, which then led him to an extreme amillennial view, which is known as preterism. And then he became an ev preterist evangelist, um, and 
in his preterist evangelism, you know, it led him away. Like, like to think that we're in the millennial period right now is, is just, I, it's just not even believable. And, and he's just had an evolution in his thinking. And now he's long gone from some of the beliefs that you and I, he believes in workspace salvation now. You know, remember all the years that he taught uh, the Bible uh, in opposition to Roman Catholicism, and now he's following a form of Roman Catholicism from the Eastern side. Wow. When you're just a little bit wrong with the Lord, it doesn't, yeah, it starts growing in the wrong direction. I just, well, I heard a preacher, real quick, one last thing. I heard a preacher say, if you had a chance to receive Christ and you rejected it, for whatever reason, you put it off. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, I can't remember the verse, basically states that you will not have another chance because God's going to send you strong delusion that you should believe a lie. Now, do you believe this is for the people who have rejected Christ before the rapture? That's a good question. I do believe that that timing, let me, let me look at it again. Let me just read it. Um, would you say Second Thessalonians what? Uh, two, and I want to say verse seven and onward, but I could be wrong. About All right, that. let me look real quick here. So the so the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. Then the lawless one will be revealed. That's the timing that we just talked about. The Antichrist, mm-hmm. whom the Lord will consume at the breath of his mouth. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying, and the unrighteous deception among those who perish. Uh, this is after the rapture. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, this is after after the rapture. Um, the reason um, is they didn't receive the love of the truth. So those that uh, are living in a rejected in a in a God rejecting manner are going to be experiencing verse eleven the strong delusion, so that they believe the lie. And the end result of this belief was that they will be condemned. It's basically saying in verse 11, God will give them what they asked for. It's very similar to Pharaoh. That's too bad. Because I know there's a lot of people on the fence, you know. I want to wait and see what happens after the rapture, or when the rapture happens. No, you won't, because it'll be too late. You won't be able to get saved, and God sends you strong delusion. You know, if he wants you to think there's an elephant outside your window, there's an elephant outside your window. There's nothing God can't do. Ed, God bless you, man. Keep on doing the work you're doing. And praise God, I'll meet you in heaven one day, brother. Thank you. God bless you. 303-690-3000. Becky is calling from Platteville, Colorado. Becky, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor. It's nice to talk to you. Yeah, what's up? Well, I just wanted to comment. I am a school teacher. Well, I'm actually a paraprofessional working at home. Um, with kids, and I just wanted to comment on, you know, how important it is we're staying at home and doing what we're supposed to be doing, and yet we feel like we're not doing enough to help others. Mm. I know that's where I've been, like, in the past couple of weeks. How can I help others? And um, I just wanted to encourage everyone that, you know, you're you're doing your best by staying at home and homeschooling your kids especially, because, wow, that's difficult to do. But um, just wanted to give an encouraging word to everyone and letting them know that they're they're doing the right thing by staying home and um, helping their kids and their families. 
I, that's a good word. I think I didn't think, uh, I'm glad that that's one of the reasons I wanted folks to call in. You gave a perspective that I needed to hear. And that is you feel you're, you're, you're probably running at full speed and you're probably overwhelmed, but you still, you communicated to us that there's still a sense where you feel like you're not doing enough. And I'm glad that you shared that because you know, we can only, I was doing some question and answers for our radio program earlier. And, and I was thinking, as I was answering one of the questions, I was thinking um, that we get overwhelmed, you know, we get to that place where we go, I can't do everything. And so because we can't do everything, we may let the pendulum swing and just end up doing nothing. But we can't do nothing. And we can't do everything. But we must do something. And, and then be content with the something that we do. And I'm glad that you added that because I think people are listening in right now uh, that feel the same way. Like, man, I, I, I'm, I'm running at all cylinders and I just don't feel like I'm doing enough. And absolutely. And especially as, you know, a teacher and someone who's teaching kids, you're, you're feeling completely overwhelmed right now because when you go from being in a public school setting to going to a, a virtual setting, wow, it is really overwhelming. And so feeling that you're, you know, overwhelmed, just know that you are making a difference, that, you know, in this time when you are feeling overwhelmed, just be encouraged that you're you're making a difference in a child's life. Whether you're reaching one kid or ten kids, you know, yes. you're there for them. No, I'm glad you called. Thanks for sharing that. you have a prayer request as well? I do. I'm actually sitting at the doctor's office. My mom is 68 years old and has gotten sick so we're waiting on a COVID test as we speak. Okay. Father, I pray for this dear sister, Becky's mom, that waiting for the test results to come back and, and just the, the fear that, that um, this particular virus is bringing into hearts and minds um, and even her mom. And so I pray for the results to come back quickly. Grateful that they're in to see the doctor. Grateful that the system's able to support it, that a test was available. So we want to give you praise for that. And now we look forward to what the results will be. And so bring them quickly, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. God bless you. You're welcome. Becky, could you text through when you get the results? Can you just say, hey, Mom, this is Becky. Mom was positive or negative to our text line? I can do that. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Justin in Colorado Springs, you're on the air. Yeah, hey, Ed. I uh, just wanted to compliment your show. It's a wonderful radio station you have. So uh, bless you, brother. Keep doing what you're doing there. Thank you. Um, so I got a, I, I, uh, got an inquiry, rather. Uh, maybe it's a question, I don't know, but also a prayer request. Um, the past month, my marriage has been uh, not doing so great. Um, basically, what uh, I work full-time, and we have two toddlers, and... We got a dog who, you know, barks in the cage, and that little add, might add a little stress as well. But she's she's burnt out, um, I think, a little bit. Um, but yet she doesn't want to go on date nights or you know take a break. When I say, hey, uh, you know, I'll watch the kids. You can go, you can go, um, you know, go for a ride or something, clear your head. But uh, she doesn't really do that. Um, the bigger thing, though, is that you know she like I'll. She doesn't want to do anything um, of Christ with me. What I mean by that is 
she doesn't watch church service with me on Sundays anymore. We used to always do it as a family. Uh, she doesn't watch any sermons with me. She doesn't pray with me. And these are things that I want to do with her, but she just doesn't want to do it. She's involved in the, the the coronavirus pandemic. She's more interested in, like, you know, reading the news and finding out, you know, what stores are open versus, you know, going to the Word and, and reading Scripture and taking that in. Um, so I guess, I mean, just her behavior, I guess, has been kind of concerning for me. I, she was a believer prior to us getting married. Um, but the way she's conducting herself lately, it's just, she's more enraptured in the world instead of, of Jesus. Like we don't, we don't really do any things as a Christian family. Like, you know, you're stereotypical Christian family will do, you know, uh, we don't pray together or anything. So, um, you know, I'm distraught. She, she doesn't, uh, like if I make her angry or something like not cleaning the dishes, she'll hold that against me and not want to forgive me right away. Um, uh, belittles me, you know, uh, verbally, verbally belittles me. And it's, it's hard to, to take sometimes to the point where I just got to leave the house and, pray by myself and read the Bible just because I feel like an outcast in my own home. And so I guess I'm just looking for, um, you know, guidance on that from you and <clears throat> from Scripture. I was reading while I was on hold when you were talking with other people, I was reading uh, 1 Corinthians 7, verses 10 and 11 that says, uh, you know, uh, a, hus- a wife is not to depart her husband and a husband is not to divorce his wife. Um and I, I just, I, I just, uh, no, I'm at a loss here. You know, it's like I, this is a covenant I made. This is the wife I chose. I'm married. So it's like, how do I do it the best way that Jesus would want me, you know? Well, let's acknowledge right at the get-go that it's very hard, very difficult. You're living in a, and I'm not calling this, I'm, I'm not saying your wife is an unbeliever by this statement, but you're living in a very unequally yoked type of environment and you don't share the same passion and love for God that right now, you know, and I, I can say that listening to you describe it, it is, <clears throat> this didn't happen overnight. So the coronavirus uh, difficulty did not create this. This has been brewing for a while, and I'm sure you could think back to um Maybe, maybe not, but you could think back to times when you did do those stereotypical things where you prayed together at least or read the Bible together or went to church together, whatever it might be. And crisis pulls out, uh, it, crisis is a test. You know, when we go through difficulties and trials, we, we kind of conclude that the trial created, like they created something bad in us. Like, for example, um, you, you're out in the garage and you're pounding nails and as you're pounding nails and putting something together, you slam your thumb. And when you slam your thumb, you throw the hammer, you yell out loud, and you start cussing, you know, all these different cuss words. And then when you calm down and that stops throbbing, your wife heard you and she says, what are you doing? You know, why are you yelling like that? And why are you saying those words? And you and your answer would be something like, well, I, I didn't mean to say that. I just hit my thumb. And, and if I would have never hit my thumb, I would have never said those words. 
but that's not true. Those words were in you all the while. They're probably being said a lot in your mind already. Thinking them, hitting your thumb only revealed what was inside of you and gave you an outlet for it. And your your home is a great example that this crisis has brought about a revelation of some really, really deep division between you and your wife. Um, just really deep issues that are that need attention um, because the longer you guys are together and kind of stay at home in the same home, the, the more these things are going to get worse and not better. And, and so I just want to acknowledge that I'm not telling you anything new, but for the sake of those listening in, uh, it is very serious. It is very challenging. Uh, it is beyond human reason. You know, my advice is it has no power in this situation. Um, but I, I do know that, uh, that God has, um, a great work that he wants to accomplish in you. So here's my, here's my advice. My advice is to pray for your wife every night and to do what a typical stereotypical family would do every night with your kids. And are your kids young or old? Uh, I got a, I got a 14 year old stepson, 15, excuse me. I got a two-year-old daughter and a one-year-old daughter. Okay. And so, you know, your wife is not too far from having, from having had two children very rapidly. And so, you know, that has, I'm not a doctor or anything, but that has a significant effect on her body and perhaps her hormones and things that, that she could be responding, you know, postpartum issues are very real too. And your sensitive love for your wife uh, is, is of utmost importance right now. And asking God for that open door to love her, to care for her. And I here's the problem. And, and this is a problem that we all have. It's not just you. Um, and we all have it in different ways. But so much of our love is conditional. And we'll love if we get it back. We'll love if, if, we get, if it's reciprocated. You know, I, I love doing good for you. Would you just do a little bit good for me? Just that thought. Just would you just do a little bit good? Would you just show me that thought, especially in marriage, is just a revelation that we're not loving in the agape love of God. And I'm I'm telling you, this is this is hard and difficult, but this is a love that's outside of you. This is a love that doesn't require anything in return. This is a love that flows through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is the love that God is calling you to uh to, to the level of where you are right now in order to love your wife. She is God's gift to you. And as hard as it is right now, um, you, you in your own prayer life are going to learn ways to, to not engage in unnecessary arguments, to not engage in criticisms, um, but to come alongside your wife and, and help her and pray for her. I mean, praying for her is going to be very powerful because what's going to happen is your heart's going to soften toward her. And actually, you know, I hear a little bit in your voice already that your heart is very soft toward her. I hear a little bit of hardness, um, but not a lot. It still sounds like you have a very tender heart toward your wife. And and that's a good thing. You want to protect that, bro, because it'll go away fast. Yeah. No, you're right. I, um, I, I do pray uh, daily uh, for her, you know, even if uh, it's just... Um, uh, you, but you're right, though, about the conditional thing. It's it's just like, what have you done for me lately? You know what I mean? And I, I don't want... I don't want her to be like that. I don't want to be like that. It's just I want to have that agape love, and and it's just um, it's easier said than done, and a lot of times. But uh, 
you know, if I can have that mindset to love the way God loves me, I think that'll be, uh, that'll go, go great. And, and I think that as you learn to moment by moment, trust God by abiding in him, you're going to find a supernatural love for that woman because you're the man on the planet right now that is the only man that can love her unconditionally. Uh, you're the, you're God's choice for her. She may not agree. And, you know, take into account, she has two very small children, um, very challenging times. Um, the outlet for the news and getting involved in the pandemic could be both protective, but also divertive, you know, like she could just be wanting to divert. And I'm not saying it's right, or I'm not even saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that it could be that this is her way out. And now with her husband going, man, you should just be, you should, you should. And, you know, there's already already so many you shoulds that a loving approach will be more helpful where you're looking to minimize the arguments and just keep the arguments for the big things, because there are big things to disagree on. Um, But let me pray for you, because we're coming up on the end of the show. Father, I pray for my brother Justin. It's a very hard situation I think of a couple other brothers in my mind um, that are uh, in very similar situations, very challenging, uh, where their wives simply don't seem to be in the midst of the marriage like they should be. So I pray for them too. And I wonder for Justin's wife, just how much of pressure she's feeling, just what's happening in her body and what's happening in her mind, Lord. And even if it's none of that, I don't know. I have no idea that you would just minister to her and use Justin as a tool to love her, support her, and encourage her in in an unconditional um, way. And we're, we're incapable of that, so we need you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank okay, you, brother, got to go. All right. Hey, tune in tonight, 7 o'clock, guys. We'll be right back. Well, actually, tomorrow, hopefully, I'll be back with you tomorrow. Love you guys. Appreciate you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.